whatever you got. But it was a seed that was planted for me. So God used Ralph Martin in my life to give me a vision, a hope on a husband and wife relationship. That became another apple in my life. But I want you to know at the same time, as this was developing for me, the devil came along and put some other circles on. This is over here where my finances were all messed up. You know, and he, and he talked to me, he says, you're, you're trying to do this, and you're trying to do that, and you're all messed up over there. He'd also remind me of other areas in my life that weren't unfruitful, that God had not yet perfected in me. And I found out this, the reason I put this on, that the most important need, that, or more important area that God wants me to be involved in is that greatest need that's before me. I appreciate what God says. You're going to be molded, line upon line, precept upon precept. God does not try to change us all at once. He can. But he only, it's like a bite at a time he wants me to grow into. You follow what I'm saying? And, and he, the other part that I didn't grow into yet, I knew it was there, he knew it was there, but I still felt forgiven. Isn't that fantastic how our God is? You know what I'm saying? But I felt so good about what I was growing in that it encouraged me to start dealing with the others. Amen? So, then as time goes along, let's see if I got this one maybe. Huh? There are more other men that I could relate to, that I, I, we could see. And matter of fact, at that time, I remember when uh, we were, Tim and I, we were, and there were other people in the church. We were praying, doing a lot of praying, and on who ought to relate with what the church is. It seems that God gave us a vision for how the church should flow, how it should work. We, it's like you can see it, but you don't know how to put it together. And God was show, brought other people, Bryn Jones and, and the restoration team. And, and, and we, joined, we joined with them. And, and God was showing and dealing in our lives at that time. Uh, on, on the, and exposing other, other men to us. And, and it, at that time, there's other areas that God wanted us to grow in. I got to be around Don Silber. Now, one thing was that about, about me, I, I didn't, I was excited about God. But I didn't have a lot of order in my life. See, I'd be given to this, and I'd be given to that, and I'd be given to this. And Don, Don got, in June, got around me and said, Don, you need to practice things in your own personal life and put things in order. Don, in June, had a big part in speaking into my life about how to bring things in order. And I tell something I really appreciate, Don, Don in, in June. I get around some of the men, like, for instance, in business. I was really, if you've been in business or ever tried it, tell somebody it can be a very frustrating thing. You're trying to do it God's way and it seems, the mo it seems that it falls apart for you. It's, sometimes it just doesn't work. About that same time when we got involved in, with restoration with the team, I got to meet a truck, I mean, a man that was in business, his name was Chuck Pell. And I had been 
there have been times I was really blessing God, but there are times I was very frustrated. And when I got to meet Chappelle's, I mean, it, it was just like a breath of fresh air. Because Chuck is successful as a, as a businessman in the trucking business. And Chuck was able to, I was able to pull on Chuck. And Chuck was able to speak in my life. And I would come back home, and you know something, when God's a part of it, he don't put you in condemnation, but you get blessed. You know what I'm saying? You see hope ahead of you, like it happened for my, when, I, when I met Bob Johnson. You see hope ahead of you. You see what I'm saying? And so what happens is, there are other things, not only in my life, but I've seen in Chuck. As a matter of fact, when, when I got to be with Chuck, I've seen not only that, but as far as the family, I've seen Chuck this way. Now, maybe Chuck wouldn't see himself all what I'm going to put up here, because Chuck is able to deal with his own personal problems, and he's looking and he's pressing on, and he's be trying to be an overcomer, and he's, he's looking how much he's got to improve. But for me, when I looked at Chuck, This is what I see. And that really encouraged me. I could talk with Chuck about the family. I could talk with Chuck about business. I could talk with Chuck about marriage. I could talk with Chuck about the Word of God. And Chuck would show me on how bringing the Word of God into the business and every one of these other areas and how it can be, it can be fruitful for me. He also was a real man and he shared me with me his frustrations. Sometimes we look at people that have been around a while and we think it works perfect for them. It doesn't. We've got our ups and downs and challenges and frustrations that we've got to walk through. And you know something? When it's not going well for me, I tell you something, I'm thankful that I can call a brother. That in that particular area, I can receive hope, I can receive faith, and it's going to give me strength to go on. Amen? Let me read this scripture to you, okay? Because I want to get back over here to Matthew. Philippians I'll start 14. Do all things without grumbling or disputing, that you may prove yourself to be blameless and innocent children of God, above reproach in the midst of a crooked and perverse generation, uh, among whom you appear as lights. I also found this out, that in, in, in the world, if, that's, if I'm a part of that all the time, I'm watching TV, I'm watching, reading newspapers, and if I'm not getting myself flushed out in the Word of God, I've got this generation 
that God says is wicked has got a great influence in my life. Now, how do you as a parent have influence or lead your children in their careers? How do you able to know if you should have a job change? You go to, college, to the counselors and they suggest this and they suggest that. And you know, only to find out that by the time the person's 30, they've changed their career. So many of them have. We heard this morning up there where God says, trust me. You know, I find this, that when I bring the word of God, and like it says in Psalm 1, and I meditate on it, that when I do it God's way, I don't make too many mistakes. Jesus Christ died on the cross so that you and I can have life abundantly. It says in Peter that Jesus Christ died on the cross and bought us so that we are personally his. Now, isn't that something? That we personally belong to God? Now, if we personally belong to God, in the midst of this wicked generation, is he going to take care of us? That's why Psalm 1 means so much. If I meditate on God's word, if I have fellowship with the right people, I will stay on path. Amen? If I have meditating on the word of God and things are not going right, my father who's in heaven knows it's not going right. He's already got a plan put together on how to me to get back on track. Amen? Isn't that right? Now, although at this time now, maybe I don't see it. But I have got to come to the grips with this. Is the word of God true? Is Jesus alive? Is the Holy Spirit here to help me? And why is it sometimes I stay so discouraged? If all that's true. Because it does happen. We do have downtime. That's why in one in one John, the last book, one seven. Not the last book, yeah, one John. But if we walk in the light, as himself is in the light, we have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from all sin. You know what I find? That when I'm doing well with God, I like to come together with you. If I'm not doing well in God, I don't like to come together with you. Because you can see right through me. Let me ex say, explain to you what one of these apples mean. It, it's a fruit. I looked up in a dictionary. 
It says fruit, it's usually edible and sweet. Part of it, a seed plant. That as I'm walking in God, and the word is alive within me, that part of my life that has been good, it's going to be refreshing and hope for people around me. That in my life as I was seeking, when I looked to Bob Johnson, and I, I seen it in his in his family. When I got together around Bob, it felt good. It was sweet. And I enjoyed it because it gave me hope. It's the same thing with you and I when we working in home groups. I remember I am a precious brother of mine. I don't know, five, six years ago. Rodney Feverson. I remember him and I working together in the home group. Rodney come fired up. I would leave so blessed. And when the home group would leave, I would be so blessed because I tell somebody we touch God together. I remember in Recede with Dick and Sherry Liscombe on, on how when God, we seek God together because we all wanted to change and be better on how God touched us. I remember Dickie and Sherry's excitements. I remember the lives that people got touched there. Because you see, that's God. When there's good fruit pleasant, we all get blessed. I remember when I come together with another group on Bonnie Night, it was Bruno and Alice and Dan, Rick and a number, I just, we got excited in God. I remember that fruit that was there. And I tell you something, that is encouraging for me. Now God has planted people around me. God's got people planted around you for you to be encouragement, to be encouraged, and also for you to encourage. There's a scripture that says, what you sow, you reap. Amen? That means if you're allowing, if the word of God is a part, like as with scripture I said, if you abide in my word, and my word abides in you, you bear much fruit. But if I stop abiding, you know what it says? I can't do nothing. Now you know what that means? It means I can't do nothing. I happen to have a tendency to go back in my own self. And I tell you something, God designed it in such a way that I need you. We need each other. I remember here one day, Tim and I were talking, and uh, we're talking about one individual who's got a strong persuasion. He said he's dogmatic. Well, I didn't want to tell Tim what is, ask Tim what dogmatic means. So I went home and I looked it up. This dogmatic is unwarranted stubbornness of opinion who view with a viewpoint based upon insufficient examined premises. You know, and they was talking about somebody else. Well, they was talking about me. I'm dogmatic on so many on things, you know, and, 
And what it's really, and if you take it and turn it around, it can't, you can say this. Well, the person wouldn't be dogmatic if he had all the facts. Because it, it says, based upon insufficient evidence. You know what I'm saying? And so, God had just kind of showed me that God's not given me all the answers. And he purposely doesn't want to give me all the answers so that I need you. And you need me. Amen? But what can happen if I become a loner sometimes? If I, can be, if I become a loner, this is what can happen. And although the individual may think, and I, may think, I know, I know, I know. Maybe he doesn't totally know. Maybe he doesn't totally know. And then let me show you this, what can happen, okay? Even though I've experienced good fruit in my life, I sometimes stop spending my time in that given area. And if I, if I stop spending time in that given area, or let me put it this way, sometimes we've seen great men of God that were at one time really moving on with God, and all of a sudden, they're not there. Things messed up. This can happen. And that's why God is, and this is what I look at by using, when I think about being fruitful, okay? I got a tree in my backyard. You come to my yard, it's a tree way down by the pond. Now, at one time, that tree had some nice apples. It didn't have a lot of them, but whatever it had, it was nice. But I didn't prune it no more. I didn't spray it. And you go look at it now, when it's got fruit the last few years, they're all buggy. You know, this can happen in my life. I can get buggy. And you ever get an apple and you all can identify with it? On one side it looks nice and you turn it over, the bug's been on the other side. It don't look good. But thank God, because of his grace and forgiveness, I can repent and the bug's are taken away. Sad part about it is, if I'm not in covenant relationship with enough brothers, it can happen that some people just don't repent. You see? They just don't repent. And that's why, brothers and sisters, let us not get to the point of being so confident that I feel I don't need my brothers and sisters. I need you. We need each other. And I tell you something, every one of us have got special gifts. There's something very unique about you. 
I appreciate when I, Joyce, for instance, and I come over here to church sometimes, and I see her downstairs helping Kim. That really blesses me. I appreciate Kim and John, who can be up there and sing, because I can't. I appreciate the people. I appreciate Dan. Dan used to, I mean, you know, he, he ribbed me about my speeding and things like that. But God's used him to show me on how to slow down. I appreciate Jim and how I can see when he's come over to the house and helped us out with electrical things. I appreciate the gift in him. I appreciate my brother when I started out in business. He was there helping me. I appreciate Karen Severson, who there was a time in our life when I felt I was doing really well as a husband and that, and everything's going fantastic. I was really happy. My wife started saying, I need a girlfriend. I said, what do you need a girlfriend for? You got me. <laughs> I'm doing okay. I said, well, pray. I said, I don't know what that means. You know? She started praying. Karen Severson was praying. And God joined them together. And then I got to see, this is another area of my life, how important it is for girls, married and single, to have girlfriends. There was girl talk that took place between Karen and, and my wife. I didn't understand, but it encouraged her. It, it fulfilled something, you know what I'm saying? Then came along Gladys and my wife, you know what I'm saying? And, and I've got men that, I, that have encouraged me, that I draw on. I tell you something, God has designed us in the body of Christ. That when we walk it out his way, in the midst of this perverse, crooked generation that we're walking in, you and I can walk in fulfillment and excitement. Amen? And God's got somebody there to help us all along the way. And so when I think of, when I, after I get done thinking of Matthew, you know, I was saying to myself, man, you know, I got started. I was 33 years old. I had four kids, all messed up. But I think the young generation, you know at Bible Week, it says we need to start preparing the next generation because if we, don't, if we don't bring in the second coming of Christ, that generation will be closer and be able to bring him in. Because when I see that Jesus is coming back, he's coming back for a bride without spot and blemish. That means when I think about that in minute, that means there's a lot of people in that bride that are doing it God's way instead of their way. That the word is alive with them. Amen? And so when I think about the young generation, you know, that the... 16-year-old that can get a hold of it in God, that he can see it. You know what God can do? Help him pick out the courses that's going to go to college, that he can go to college with, and it'll be the right ones. And then when he starts dating, he don't have to worry about how everybody else does it because he's believing God, that God's going to do better at helping picking out his mate than himself. You see what I'm saying? Okay, and then when he gets a job, it's going to be a job that he's going to be able to be fruitful in it. Like I could, when I was thinking of Matthew, I was just thinking he's going to be studying the fish in the sea. He's going to be studying all of that. That Matthew is going to, he's going to have an excitement about God. He's going to be able to see God's creation. He's going to appreciate it. And he's going to work against the things that are polluting God's creation. 
but it's going to be so fruitful for him in his life. And then as he gets, he's going to be having children, when he gets married, he's got grandparents that have showed him the way and all on through life. You see what I'm saying? Then, well, I'm rattling. i got to close you pretty soon. Didn't look at my notes again. Let me, let me make a kind of bring this to a head, okay? Let me look at Psalm 92, I've had people tell me I'm 50 years old, I'm 60 years old. The kids are gone. They're all on their own, planted around the country. And now they're going to start slowing down and enjoying life. And I read this in this particular psalm. The righteous man will flourish like the palm tree. He will grow like a cedar in Lebanon, planted in the house of the Lord. They will flourish in the courts of our God. They will still yield fruit in their old age. They shall be full of sap and very green to declare that the Lord is upright. He's my, my rock and there is no unrighteousness in him. You know what I say in this? Just till the day we die, God wants to keep putting more apples on the tree. There is a place that Mick has, there's a place his mother has in our heart. When we watch God use those two, it blesses all of us, doesn't it, huh? It gives us, you know what? I see some of the people out there that are 65 years old are sad. They got nothing to live for. When I get around these two, they're excited about life. You see what I'm saying? So what God is saying in all of this no matter where we are at in my walk, God wants us to keep right on growing. And as I keep growing, there's going to be fruit that's going to be in my life. It's going to be tasteful to other people around me. And I look at those two. I get blessed. And you know something? God's blessing them because there's hope, there's a life within them. We never get to the point where we've already got it made without God giving us another step to shoot forward to. If I'm a single person, I can find full life all I got to do is go before God and read his word. And is there somebody out there that is experiencing it? If somebody out there is experiencing it, it gives me hope. If I've been divorced, 
and I'm a single man or a single woman. All them promises are in Scripture is meant for who? For me. Amen? You see what I'm saying? So you see, none of us are without excuse as far as enjoying God's full abundance. And it comes right back down to me, to it. Can I believe God? Amen? Let's all stand. Father, I just want to thank you, Lord Jesus, for this time that we were able to spend together here this morning. I want to thank you, Lord Jesus, for the people that you're raising up in the body of Christ that are an example, like Paul said, follow after his example. People that are continually setting an example for us, God. Father, I want to thank you, Jesus Christ, for that. Father, I pray for ourselves here this morning that each of us are able to examine our walk right where it's at, God, and say, God, what area would you have me walk in today? What is there before me, Lord Jesus, that I can get excited about? What is there before me, God, that you want me to be able to be an overcomer in? What is there for me, Jesus? Is this word alive for me today? And I can say, yes. In Jesus' precious name, amen. Amen. You're dismissed.